Welcome to the Cult of Domesticity podcast, a podcast about history, true crime, and whatever life brings us. I'm Courtney, and every week I am joined by another fascinating person. Let's see what we're going to talk about this week. This week I have Emily. Hello. How are you all? You can talk to the podcast. It's okay. (laughs) Just don't probably do it at work because someone might think you've lost it and they'll call someone. They'll know you've lost it. (laughs) I dance to podcasts at work, but that's just their theme music and no one's around, so it's fine. (laughs) When you're sitting in your swivelly chair and you just swivel. Oh, God, of course. I'm in a swivel chair right now and it's very hard not to swivel. It's too much fun. So, Emily, have you ever heard of Thomas Carr? I have not. So we're going to go back... Let me correct that. I might have, but I don't remember names ever, so not off the top of my head, no. Well, it's a it's a, a Civil War era murder, so... <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> it was just throwing it out there. I don't know. I know the depths of your internet search. I see the memes. Oh, well, yeah. I don't, I don't post a lot of Civil War era memes, so my history knowledge is not in depth. I would like to know what Civil War era memes there are, because that sounds hilarious. Remembering a great time at Gettysburg. <laughs> oh, don't you guys just love it when everybody dies around you? Don't you love it when you're, you're alive, but you're crushed under a pile of dead bodies? Cool. <laughs> Here I am. Just a uh, live Facebook from the battlefield. Surgeon, Surgeon Boat. Uh, live stream. Oh, they're throwing all the limbs into the river. No. No. (laughs) That's real. Ugh. That sounds gross. (laughs) It sounds like our rivers are contaminated with bodies. Yeah. I mean, that honestly, the state of America, that doesn't shock me at all. Yeah. We just have dead bodies in our rivers. That seems fair. We're getting rid of the EPA now, so let's just fill it up with bodies. Oh, great. (laughs) Ideal. Go immediately dark. No EPA. Rivers will... Will anybody even notice? Like, the change isn't even that obvious, right? Like, an arm? It's fine. I don't know. They noticed in Cleveland with the torso murders when torsos were, like, washed up. (laughs) Eventually someone will. But, you know, they, they they didn't have a lot to do back then. Now we have, like, constant screens. That's true. Makes me want to cover the Philippines drug war that's going on right now, but I don't want to be banned from the Philippines because that would happen. <laughs> that's so that's so vague. Like, <laughs> I don't want to just be banned from all of the th- Philippines. <laughs> the president is doing a war on drugs, specifically drug dealers, drug users, and basically people who are suspected of being any of those have been found oh. just floating in the river or tied up in like like in their underwears tied up in the river and they're dead. Oh. Yeah, I read a, cheery. I read an article on it the other day. <laughs> so let's go from one kind of murder to a different kind of murder. Historic murder. Oh good. <laughs> so educational murder. Yeah. So Thomas Carr was born March 6, 1846 at Sugar Hill, West Virginia, you know. Virginia, but Little West. I see. <laughs> and it, my 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 geographical knowledge is about the same as my historical knowledge, actually. <laughs> Find Virginia. Go left. 
or West. Yes, perfect. Thomas Carr's father, William Carr, was abusive throughout his childhood, and he continually moved them around West Virginia, living in Woods Run, Fulton, Center Wheeling, and finally set settling in Northern Wheeling. Lots of Wheeling, West Virginia. Yeah, there's a lot. The wheels on the West Virginia go round and round. Yeah, I mean, you could kind of make West Virginia look like a car. <laughs> like a truck. If you just, like, squinted your eyes and threw some wheels shut on them it. them all the way. Yeah, perfect. Thomas was a troublesome child. He frequently fought with other kids in the street. And in 1854, so he's about almost 10, he was sent to prison for unknown reasons. <laughs> unknown reasons? <laughs> That's so vague. They probably didn't even write it down or like if it the document was lost, they just know that he went to jail. Man, before before records were, like, strictly kept, it was a wild time. That's the thing, though. They were strictly kept. It's just where you kept them. So, you know, if you put them in a damp basement, paper tends oh. to mold. Oh, ideal. That's why now, like, they don't really keep archives in basements as much. Or if they do, they're very much temperature controlled. And they're very specific on how you touch the things. Oh, yeah. When I went to the MFA, they were like, you have to wear gloves to touch anything or we will, I don't know, hang you up with the art pieces. You lose your hands. Yeah, something like that. You get peg arms. <laughs> Great. Which in Boston, I feel like would just be kind of fun. Like people won't mess with you then because you got peg arms. They'll be like, how did that girl get peg arms? Yeah. <laughs> In Boston, I don't think anybody would notice. We're all too busy, like, moving. And being angry. Yeah, the commuter mindset is just like, go. Go. Rage. Go. Rage. Yeah. There's a Wahlberg. I'm just... The one time I went to Boston, I did not see a Wahlberg, but I was okay with that. Yeah, I mean, it's not generally something you want to just, like, walk outside and see. Carr then, as a child, claims that he was intimate friends with John H. Burns and his accomplice, Oscar Myers. Yes. Wait. <laughs> Not that Wait. one. The Oscar Myers? <laughs> no. That's a weird cameo. Yeah. Who murdered a woman named Mary Montany. They both were executed, so definitely not that Oscar Myers. Um, now I know where hot dogs come from. <laughs> <laughs> Mary? Yeah. Then his family moved again after his friends were killed by the state, this time to Belmont County in Ohio. Around this time, something significant was happening in the U.S. The Civil War. Oh, yeah, you know, just the founding of our country, basically. Being ripped apart and re... like... <laughs> the re-founding. The founding part two. Electric Boogaloo. I'm gonna go, we ripped it apart and then put it back together with some electrical tape and yeah. hoped it worked. It didn't work. <laughs> I think the tape's a bit old now, so it's kind of like, you don't want to move it because you're terrified that it hasn't reformed together. Uh, yeah, but we really should, you know? We're just putting it off. Let's just rip that band-aid. We really should. So he enlisted in the Ohio uh, 16th Ohio Voluntary Infantry at the age of 15, and he lied on his papers saying he was 19 so he could go to war. Yay, War! <laughs> why why would why is that such a common theme in like history like people just lying about their ages to go to war like i feel like now 
People lie about their ages to avoid doing things. Well, then it was like a good way to make money and everyone else was going. So you kind of get swept up in a wave of like political (laughs) movement. If your friends signed up to go to war, would you sign up to go to war too? Would you jump off a bridge? I'm pretty sure that's why he signed up to go to war or he was probably in trouble again. And he was like, well, this will get rid of this. (laughs) It'll be fine. I'll just go shoot people. It'll be fine. Yeah. It's never that fine. They always ask you if you're fine, and you say, yeah, you're fine, but you can't tell them. (laughs) But you're not fine. So he really didn't get a lot of action in the Civil War, but he was captured at Cheat Run, West Virginia. Yes, the Virginia to the West, and was held for a time in a Confederate POW camp. Surprisingly, he did not die. Otherwise, we wouldn't be talking about him. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, if he just died there and that was it, that would be kind of a lame story. But I, I figured it went on longer. <laughs> well, because I know you don't know a lot about uh, POW camps in the Civil War. They sucked and a lot of people got sick and died. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's a general theme in POW camps. Like, just a lot of sucking. A lot of, like, death and sickness and just general unwell. <laughs> Yeah, everyone's dirty. There's a lot of people in small rooms. There's not a lot of air. They're all angry. And bored. And hungry. I feel like the Great Escape wasn't a great representation of (laughs) POW camp. No. I think of... It's like playing sardines, except for half the people are injured. There's no running water. And occasionally you get some moldy bread. And everyone who's... Like, you can't leave the room. Great. Oh, and occasionally you're on a boat. I know where I'm signing up to go next summer. I spend all my time at a POW camp. That sounds ideal. Or a POW boat. Ooh, that sounds even less ideal because, wow, do I get seasick. Also, like, you're on the water. It could be humid. Rats like to hang out. Oh, yeah, and there's, like, rats and stuff. Ugh. No fun. Yeah, it's a 15% death rate in camps. Like, that's just, like, the average. Man, those odds are not good. Nope. Great. So he's hanging out there. He's having a party. (laughs) He's having a party, but he gets out. He actually gets arrested frequently due to misconduct. Um, Has been sentenced uh, for to be shot for violating violating regulations twice. And on one occasion, he was actually forced to dig his own grave. So he's a gem of a human being. Wow. I mean, I I really, is he misbehaving or is everybody around him just really overreacting? What does misconduct mean? Is that like he buttoned one of the things on his uniform wrong or he like accidentally shot one of his teammates? Because like both of those things are considered misconduct in the military and I'm worried. (laughs) No, like in the Civil War, it had to be pretty big because they needed men Because the tactic of war at this time was really, just throw men at it. Like, Ulysses S. Grant's strategy was, find the South and just throw men at them. (laughs) And the North had more men. It's raining men? Yes. But then it's just raining men's body parts, and that's worse. That's that's less ideal. That's, That's a remix of the song. I wasn't ready for it. No, no one ever is for that portion of it, because cannonballs do horrible <laughs> things. So, the rumor is that Pre- President Abraham Lincoln felt pity on him and pardoned his sentence. I don't believe this BS, 
but it's fine. After the war, Carr spent some time working in Tuscarawas County, according to a booklet by the local historian Ralph Hines. He then worked for uh, Reverend Elijah P. Jacobs, who lived near Midvale, and then for John Edmonds in Old Town Valley. You know, great Ohio places. I only know Tuscarawas County. I literally don't even, like, if you asked me what Ohio looked like right now, I could draw a vague outline. But, like, I don't even know what the state is shaped, like, by memory. Like, it's a funky heart kind of shape. Cause yeah, and well, I'm from, like, New England. I don't know anywhere outside of New England. <laughs> it's like a flatter heart. <laughs> that's, that's a fair yeah. representation of the state. Carr got into religion, as you do, after war. I'm assuming you just get yeah. into religion. Yeah, you gotta find something. <laughs> and he joined the Ulrichville Methodist Episcopal Church, which seems like an oxymoron because those are two different denominations. Two. Yeah, so I don't know anything about religion either. So, <laughs> Although I do know things about old religion because I'm taking an art history class, but I don't know things about now religion. So you know all the Catholic and like orthodoxy. Yes, I do. And I know what happened to the Greeks. It was very sad. Oh, yes. So Episcopal is Anglican, which is Catholic light. Oh, yes. The Methodist <laughs> is a little more, we're going to focus on God's word and less oh, ritual. Great. <laughs> that's very basic religion 101. Yeah. Apparently. I mean, that's fair. That works. My, my mom's family is Lutheran, and they also do not like being called Catholic light. And I said, but really, it is. When you look at the scheme of things, it's like Catholic yeah, it's like a, a little lighter. Yeah, it's just like a mini version. It's like an introduction. Uh, uh, Catholic the DLC. It's like Catholic with a little water in it. Oh. And then like Anglican's like Catholic with a little milk in it. So it's how do you like your tea? Really strong? Little milk? Little extra water? Little lemon? I like it piping hot and spilled all over the floor. <laughs> I'm enjoying this metaphor for religion. It's critical. Yeah. No, this is perfect. Oh, religion teachers probably hate this. Okay. So then Carr spends time in Harrison County before he moves to coal digging for Alex Hunt at the coal mine near the vicinity of Selwellsville in western Belmont County. So he's about... Well, coal digging sucked, so... That probably sucked. Oh, yeah. No, it probably was horrible. He probably had black lung. Ugh. That doesn't sound like fun. No. And Selwellsville is nine miles southeast of Freeport, so southern Ohio, I believe. I'm going to pretend I know where that is. <laughs> I'm just saying it for people who know. <laughs> oh, yeah, but I want to seem like I'm in the know, you know? I'm a cool kid, too. I know Cleveland suburbs, Columbus suburbs... Uh, some Dayton suburbs and some Cincinnati suburbs. Don't ask me beyond that. So I don't know Southeast Ohio. I kind of know a bickering of Northwest Ohio, but that's where all the farms that, are. I know that Ohio is somewhere in the vicinity of Michigan. That's it. Yes, we are south of them. Yeah. Woo! Geography. Yeah. So we're going to mix it up. We're going to leave Thomas for a minute. We're going to talk about Louisa Fox, who is a 13-year-old girl in 1869 when she's living with her family in Belmont County. That's okay. She sounds cooler anyway. 
Just to set the scene, Belmont County is sparsely, sparsely populated and extremely remote. And really, businesses here just trade cater to travelers on the National Road. And the only industry in here besides those businesses is coal. That sounds like where I grew up in New Hampshire. <laughs> <laughs> so, remember, Louisa, 13. Thomas Carr, not 13. I'm afraid of where really this is going. Really not 13. Oh, I'm so scared. So, he's at least 23, oh, minimum. That's... If not older, because records. Um, <laughs> so, all of a sudden, Louise is being courted by Thomas, ah! who is known as... <laughs> uh, at the time, she is, you know, like I said, 13, working as a domestic servant for the Hunters, a.k.a. his boss. And he was like, I love that. I'm going to marry that. No, God, why... <sighs> I have a question. Why are men? That's the question. <laughs> as soon as I started researching this, I'm like, Emily's going to enjoy this because she's just going to get mad. Oh, hey, that's my number one favorite reaction to things. <laughs> okay, back to 1869. <laughs> back to 1869, Rage. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Louisa's parents, who are... Uh, John and Mary Fox and her employer, Mrs. Alex Hunt, told her to stay away from Carr because of her age and his character. I mean, that sounds like solid advice. Yeah, they're like, hey, you're 13 and he's not a good person. <laughs> Can you calm do down? <laughs> he was already known for being a heavy drinker who had a reputation for violent behavior, a.k.a. aggressive drunk. Ah, that sounds like the number one bachelor. Mm -hmm. And he had convinced her at some point to become engaged to him. And so after this advice, she was like, hey, yeah, let's not. Let's not do this. Actually, I changed my mind. I changed my mind. You sound like um, a horrible person. <laughs> so how do you want to guess he took that? Uh, so, okay, just based on his character and the fact that he's a man in the 1800s, uh, probably not well. That is correct. Nice. What do I win? He was rage. Nice. <laughs> you win the big old cup of rage that no one has yet drawn me a picture of a cup of rage. What? I can do that. I have asked I have asked several friends who are artists. I said, hey, if you're bored, draw me a cup of rage. And no one has reappeared with a cup of rage piece of art. They're fake friends. I'll do it as soon as I go upstairs. So then Carr goes to confront her father. To ask for her hand in marriage. He's like, hey, can I marry your 13-year-old daughter? And John Fox kind of goes, Louisa's simply too young. Like, you know, maybe in a year or two, if you can prove yourself worthy by keeping a job and getting some land. And if my daughter, who is then a marriageable age, is willing, yeah, you can get married. But not now. Maybe hashtag slow your roll, my guy. You gotta chill out. Hey, be pr Hey, maybe, probably not, but I'm trying to be nice about this. <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, how about no, but in a way that won't make you, like, violently and drunkenly attack my daughter? Anyway, <laughs> towards the end of January, uh, Louisa's working at the Hunt's home was coming to an end because it was seasonal. And Carr kind of got a little creepier and menacing. He continued to, like, be like, hey, Louisa. You want to marry me? Hey, 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 hey. You know, everyone knows that guy or person. 
Hey, hey, you, you. I don't like your boyfriend. Hey, hey, you want to be my hu- my wife? Hey, hey, want to be my wife? Hey. Uh, like constantly. I've had men like that, and I am gay, trademark. So, <laughs> like, they're everywhere. Yes, that is true. Um, also, giving gifts. Bitch. Uh, this is a nice guy. This is an 1800s nice guy. It's a nice guy taking it up a step because there's also, like, stalking. Uh, that get, that's a lot of faith in nice guys. <laughs> I'm going to say they're not going to go straight out. Just, like, they're, they're going to try to avoid the stalking. But They're going to start by asking the fathers to marry off their underage daughters. It's fine. You know, <laughs> as long as they don't get married. So yeah. he then decided to uh, follow her around the room at work one day. Like, her work. Oh. He followed her from room to room, asking her to marry him constantly. Gross. Because Louisa's father's polite excuse, instead of saying, hell no, had left Carter with a belief that, hey, this still might happen if I just ask enough, which is never the answer. Yeah, I mean... Just just take no for an answer. God, please. Mm-hmm. Just learn. No is very simple. <laughs> yeah. On top of that, he really believed that she liked him, but because her um, father was like, you need to wait, and she's just hiding whatever, you know, she's just hiding her true feelings by saying no. She's pulling Boy. a Mr. Collins where she's like, He's like, I know women often say no at first to, like, no. play hard to get. And she's like, I'm not. Ugh. Dude, she's 14. Not she even. even she, she, she doesn't even have, like, complex emotions yet. Like, what? You think she's really just, like, playing around with your emotions? Like, she doesn't know. All she care if she thirteen year olds today, all they care about are like Pokemon cards. So whatever the eighteen hundreds equivalent was of Pokemon cards was, that's the level she's at. She doesn't give a shit. Believe the eighteen hundred levels is not dying. Yeah. Okay. So she's focused on survival and not dying. Not you and your dick. Her family was really concerned that when Louisa's time at the hunter, um. I yeah, the hunter's home was finished. They sent her six-year-old brother, Willie, to escort her home because they were like, yeah, he's getting hella creepy. Yeah, also, I mean, yeah. I appreciate that her six-year-old brother's name is Willie. I immediately thought of the Simpsons janitor, so. <laughs> a little smaller. <laughs> oh, a mini version of him. So the real reason they had done this, because Carr had gone back to speak with John Fox, a.k.a. Louisa's dad, and had threatened him to give, he's like, give me your daughter's hand in marriage, or else. And John was like, no, thank you. Hi, can you, (laughs) hi, I'm here from the local why can't you just take no for an answer representatives, and I'm here to ask you, why can't you just take no for an answer? And it's because he has no chill. Well, yeah. So on the night of January 21st, 1869, You always know it's good when a date gets thrown in there. (laughs) Thomas Carr waited behind a fence on the road that Louisa would take home from work. Oh, God. That's like... Oh, that's so gross! Okay, anyway. (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't a really far walk. And, you know, 
it was like there's other family members' houses off the road as well. Yeah, but I'm going to guess that didn't stop it. Nope. As they walked past, Carr approached them, and he sent Willie on home. He's like, hey, Louisa, you want to marry me? What do you think the answer was? <laughs> well, <laughs> let me guess. Based on all of her other answers, I'm going to assume it was probably something the lines of hell no. You are correct. And it didn't go well. Yeah. Because she, was, she told him, I'm too young to wed. And he, like, she kind of, like, gives him, a, like, a peck on the cheek and tries to go. Then he grabs her. She begins screaming for her father. And he proceeds to split her, uh, slit her throat clean to the spinal cord. And then oh. stab her 14 times. That seems excessive. It seems like he handles rejection very well. Smells like insecurity. Yeah. I'm no doctor. <laughs> yeah. So by the time her father, because Willie ran on ahead and was like, oh, like he was like, uh, he kind of saw what was happening. He's like, crap. And he's like running. He's like, dad. Um, he finally stabbed her. <laughs> we knew this was going to happen. <laughs> Legitimately, they were all like, yeah, we're very concerned for you. And by the time her father got to the spot, young Louisa was lying dead in a small ditch because Carr had dragged her off the road. Great. Continuing his garbage person-ness. He would later testify Louisa's last words were, quote, Farewell, Tom. I did not think you would serve me so, end quote. All right. No, they weren't, first of all. But second of all, gross? She's kind of like, I didn't think you were going to kill me. Which is basically... Most women's reaction to men, but we're also like, no, we kind of think you're going to kill us. Historically yeah. and statistically speaking, it's true. I feel like we've kind of gotten to the point where, like, I don't know, the yearly statistics are kind of on our side, you know, just, I don't know. A lot of the Maybe episodes that's just on old. Dateline. Oh my god, I love Chris Hansen. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it's not Dateline, but yes. What? To Catch a Predator was Dateline. Was it? Yeah. So, Carr spends his evening in a coal bank while the posse searches for him. I'm assuming he's just covering himself in coal. I'm, like, picturing, like, a Scooby-Doo scene here. Like, when they're when they're chasing the bad guys and that, that, that like, swanky music is playing and they're, like, running back and forth past the coal flats. He's just hiding behind different ones. Yeah, then, like, different doors are opening, and yeah. Instead of doors, it's just different piles of coal. Exactly, yeah. I, w I would watch that. If I could animate, I would make it, but I can't do that, so. The next morning, he made a half-hearted suicide attempt by slashing his own throat, trying to shoot himself, and didn't succeed. Wow, that's shitty luck. Yeah. Karma's a bitch. It is! Especially because... I'm thinking if you're trying to shoot yourself with the bullets back then, one, if you fail, you're dying of lead poisoning. It's just happening. Oh, absolutely. So he survived his injuries and was taken to Mount County Jail at St. Clairsville. And one newspaper described him as a monster of, quote, medium in size, muscle, and as active as a wild animal. He had a villainous face made up of cramped receding forehead, Cold, cruel eyes, high cheekbones, and coarse, sensual mouth rendered more disgustingly prominent by a growth of hair on the upper lip. So they did not approve of his mustache. Wow, that's like such an eloquently written ro roast. Yeah. 
I wish we could still like roast people like that or like it was <laughs> I wish I could roast people like that. <laughs> Who doesn't? So there was a five day trial conducted by Judge Way. <laughs> Sorry, that's just Judge Way. Yes way. No way. Yes way. <laughs> no way. Yeah. So the trial was in June eighteen sixty nine and the jury found Carr guilty of first degree murder. Well, and it's hard not was, to. <laughs> yeah. And when his death sentence was read aloud, laughed, and then said he'd not care a damn if it was to be tomorrow, end quote. Oh, that's nihilistic. Yeah. So a couple days later, the judge sentenced Carr to death by hanging, and they actually had to wait about a year for him to be hung because there was a legal, like, technicality, and... I hate they, those. <laughs> you'd rather them go through it. They like pretty were pretty like no, we know it's you. But yeah. during during that time, he made a full confession, which included the admission that he had murdered fourteen other people in his life and had attempted at least five others. Oh, great! So this guy is a quality person. Like he totally, really a stand up guy. <laughs> yeah, and it was published in pamphlet form throughout the state. Ah. So. According to the Wheeling Register, Carr was really interested in the construction of the scaffolding inside the jail. Quote, On Wednesday evening, after the work of erecting the scaffold was completed, Carr asked permission to go out in the hall and see it. End quote. Because, you know... That's not sketchy at all. And then he does some gymnastic skills on there, and he's like, this is a good structure. I like it. That's so weird. (laughs) Dude, you're gonna die. Why are you so, like gung-ho about construction i mean i guess i understand you're just trying to find happiness anywhere but geez well you want it to be of good construction because you like hanging is a very it can be a very precise science to do it quickly where you don't slowly choke to death oh sis we've been new i live in salem (laughs) yeah and so on the day of his execution he was visited by several ministers you know gotta make sure he's good with jesus as well as oh, I'm sure I'm sure he'll be fine there. I don't think he's going there, but okay. Happy thoughts. Um, as well as two teenage girls who idolized him. Uh, yep. They they didn't have the Jonas Brothers back then, so I guess that makes sense. But still, that's gross. Yep. So those Bundy girls have been around for a while. Oh, great. <laughs> he presented each girl with his photograph and a ring, and told them they would meet again in heaven. Ooh, that's uh, that's assuming a lot there, buddy. Like, I'm not religious, but even I'm, like, well aware that... <laughs> I don't know if you're going... I mean, 14 people, 15 in total. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So, he calmly goes up to the gallows and delivers a speech on the evils of alcohol. Do you want to hear it? Absolutely. Quote, the bitter cup they call whiskey has brought me here. It will ruin any man. Whiskey, whiskey is what what brought me where I am, where I now stand. A condemned murderer, about to be launched into eternity. Oh, take my advice and banish it. Banish whiskey, and you banish crime. Look at your prisons. Look at your poor. Look at the gallows erected here to hang me. A soldier who fought five years to defend the government. Keep liquor away from your citizens. Banish whiskey, and you will have. No more wicked men like Tom Carr to execute. I pray earnestly that God will break up the damn stops. Pray for it, everyone, end quote. Okay, so I never thought I would agree with a murderer, but, like, he makes a good point. Alcohol 
is very good at making people do terrible, terrible things. Yes. But also, wow, what a self-righteous bitch. I fought for you guys. Yeah, you also murdered us. Like, what? Oh, don't worry, we'll get into his supposed murders. <laughs> <laughs> he was dropped He was dropped his death at a 1.11 p.m., and he's the only person to ever hang in Belmont County. Fun fact. Nice. I'll keep that later for a trivia games. <laughs> and it took seven and a half minutes for him to die. Oh, he hang on pretty well. Yeah, it was probably either too... Sh- well, the problem is if it's too short, I believe, your head pops off. Awesome. So if it's too short and too high of a drop, the pressure pops your head off. And then so it's probably too long so he can just like... And not a long enough drop so you get the correct snap. Yeah. I watch a lot of documentaries that give me horrible fun facts. <laughs> you can't even go visit Carr's grave because it's an unmarked grave at the Methodist Cemetery in Clair- St. Clairsville. So you can't go see the motherfucker. Good. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I don't really miss him, so. I don't think many <laughs> people did. So I mentioned before that he published his Confessions of Tom Carr, where he compl- he claimed to have murdered 14 other people including Louisa Fox. So I pulled some of them, but it's noted that he included trampling a prostitute in Cleveland or a sex worker in Cleveland and another woman in Tuscarawas County. So, you know, again, a great person. Yeah, that's shitty. Respect sex workers. Also, we're taking all of these with a grain of salt because they can't prove them all. We'll go through the the ones that they can kind of prove. So his... First murder took place near Virginia's Greenleaf Mountain when he was a soldier. He wandered away from his regiment so he could drink. And uh, he was lying about in the woods and a citizen tried to arrest him. But as the man comes up, he shot the man. And the next day he died of his injuries. That sucks. Yeah. Then when he's a prisoner in Columbia, South Carolina, Carr had learned that a man named Edward... Beringer was attempting to join the Confederate States Army, so him and two other guys from the Ohio 14th Infantry strangled him. Oh. <laughs> Just, you know, simple war crimes. N- no no conversation about it first? No, like... Well, I think the three guys had a conversation, but they didn't talk to Beringer. I think they all talked, and then Beringer was dead. Great. Solid yeah. plan. You know, collegial discussion time. Yeah. Uh, after his release, he rejoined the 18th Ohio Infantry and was discharged to Mississippi, where he shot two rebel soldiers, one of them while on picket duty. Then, when he's done in the 18th, he goes to the 4th Ohio Infantry, not really in trouble for most of it, except for when he shot at Annie Wallen in Clarksburg, a sex worker who he had connections to. Hmm. So that's the third sex worker he's killed. Yeah, he's kind of a jerk to women. I'm, I'm picking up on a theme. Yeah, he just likes shooting people as a solution, which is not a solution. <laughs> hey man, I get angry a lot, and even I know that's not the correct solution. No. So... Maybe, like, therapy? Yeah, maybe... Hug it out? Maybe that's why he was against whiskey, because his anger would come out. <laughs> Whoa. Who would have thought? So he's fighting in the Battle of Franklin. He claimed that he killed a man... And robbed two men. Sorry, he killed and robbed two men. Just for shits and giggles. He's fighting in the city of Wilmington, North Carolina. At a place called Wise Forks. 
I'm assu- assuming there's just some giant forks that are wise there. There better be. There's like three blind mice, three blind men, old wise men, whatever. And then, yeah, you know, the forks. It's the a great landmark forks. and a great tourist trap. <laughs> so he's hiding behind a pile of log, hide- and he's like, oh, there's a rebel sergeant on the other side. And he kills them and steals his clothes. Oh. Which was really actually common practice for most of history. Clothes were expensive. Why? You can't just walk to the Old Navy down the sl- street? Nope. Actually, I think the most common things stolen were boots. Oh, no. I completely understand. I love my boots. <laughs> well, plus, back then, they didn't have side, like left or right. So you'd have to break them in. And normally, you're marching a lot. So in the Civil War, and especially... Really, the two big American wars, American Revolution and the Civil War, it was like the number one need was boots. Also, yeah. because it's leather, if you're starving, you could eat your boots. Whoa. You- Wait, I hate that. <laughs> that made me, like, emotional. I love my my punk boots so much. <laughs> I probably wouldn't eat modern boots, but these were, like, leather, like, real leather. Like, if yeah. it's real leather, you can eat it. I'll keep that in mind. <laughs> Another one of the fun facts that I I know. So the next murder was a soldier of the 84th Ohio Infantry who who Carr had been placed to guard and then killed the man after he tried to escape, or so he says. Um, He also was one of a gang of 11 men who raided a salter shop in Petersburg, Virginia, stamping the owner to death in the process. A lot of stamping to death as well as shooting. Yeah. So when he was guarding a house in Raleigh, he shot a man who was trying to break inside. Um, we're going to get to another gem moment. He threw a colored waiter who refused to give him any food overboard on a steamer while traveling from Moorhead City to Fort Monroe. Gross. Yeah, garbage person. Hmm. Uh, in Baltimore, Maryland, he attempted to ride a streetcar without paying the fare. The conductor was like, hey, you didn't pay the fare. Tries to kick him off. Um, car almost cuts off his ear. Then the driver trying to help his colleague got stabbed in the bowels of the stomach and died soon afterwards because if you cut open your intestines and stuff, there are things that should not be touching other body things in there. I mean, I wouldn't know from experience, but generally just like from, you know, context clues, I can assume that like getting one's bowels outside of your body not generally a good thing no no they should stay inside guys remember that (laughs) bowels inside if you learn anything today bowels go on the inside and you can eat your leather yeah don't mix those two up eat your bowels keep your leather inside (laughs) oh god (laughs) no that just got real bad okay (laughs) well uh the other, another man, a German immigrant by the name of Alice Itchit, his whose traveling companion Joseph Elsie, admit uh, they basically wanted to rob him, so they bashed the man's head in with a stone, in the Wheeling Tunnel, June twenty ninth, eighteen sixty seven, for money, and then they dragged his body from the tunnel into a culvert. Great. So we've reached the end of the ones I have selected from his list. Of quote unquote crimes, whether or not he completed them. Mainly, pe- yeah, I mean, that's fair. People like really doubt if he did it because there was no dates. His statements have been disproven. Um, he, like, 
really well, yeah. he kind of seems like the asshole type to like lie about this kind of thing too so like mm-hmm. you know <laughs> yeah he just wanted to be everywhere on top of it the newspapers were saying that louisa was in a relationship with him and you know it was so untrue that you can see i think now some people are writing about it where they're saying no this was not okay like clearly the family did not want this but yeah. when you look back at the papers um you know it looks like the the older papers are like oh you know like jilted lover or something like that and like call it, or like said it was his 13 year old fiance oh gross the court notes clearly say that her and her family continually rejected him that there was no relationship so louise yeah that's that's so i hate when that happens like i hate when they kind of in the moment it's very like uh what's the word like understated as an issue it's very much like sugar-coated and made to seem fine and then when you look back you're like wait actually that sucked (laughs) this is not fine Okay, so they buried Louisa Fox in the Salem Cemetery across the road from the church she attended. And you can still go see her cemetery, her uh, grave in the cemetery, which is located in the middle of the Egypt Valley Wildlife Area in western Belmont County. And then, Emily, do you like ghosts? Hell yeah! So apparently, her ghost is seen walking the grassy hillside, stone silent, except for her screams for help. Hell yeah! Also with the split open throat. Oh, I mean, that's ideal. Mm-hmm. Dude, the only, the only like, famous ghost we have in Salem in the cemeteries is a pirate, and he just wanders around. But he doesn't do anything, and he doesn't scream. He's just there. Rude. I, wa- I want a screaming ghost. Uh, there's... No, I don't. <sighs> hey, universe, universe, don't take that seriously. I don't want a screaming ghost. <laughs> what? Yeah, no, that would be terrifying. <laughs> so, on top of that... They also say that um, Elos Ulrich appears as well. Nice. In the Wheeling Tunnel. He's covered. um, He emerges on the ceiling swathed in green slime gathered from, you know, the tunnel and his flesh. Oh, yeah. His arms are always extended with bloody fingers hanging half severed from the stems. Nice. And at least he's creative. I know. So with unmoving lips, those who run into him will hear his blood curdly moans and listen to the fight that ensue that left him dead with guttural words coming from his throat let the dead rest nice and that is a <laughs> that's basically that's basically like <laughs> bitch let me go back to sleep why are you bothering me right now <laughs> leave me alone and that is <laughs> let me rest that is the story of garbage person thomas carr nice he was a garbage person yeah the title was not deceiving no he was I did like that you were you pretty much guessed what was going to happen, which was he was not dealing with rejection well. Yeah, I mean, that's a pretty common theme among just like, you know, men. So <laughs> that is true. So, Emily, do you need to plug anything? Do you want to plug anything? Um, well, sure. I feel responsible because I'm carrying the burden of my mother's podcast. Burden made it sound bad. <laughs> the honor, the honor of my mother's the podcast, mantle? Ignorance... Yes, ah, I, I'm I'm carrying her flame. Um, <clears throat> ignorance was bliss. Um, I I believe it's on Podbean and like iTunes and pretty much anywhere else you can find podcasts. Um, so yeah, that's pretty cool. 
I am her daughter, and I'm on there sometimes. I haven't been in a while because college has completely stolen my soul, but... It does that. You know, maybe I'll be back on recently. Yeah. Um, and then I ha- obligatory have to plug my own art page. Um, it's on Facebook at Unapologetic Artist, one word, and I have a website, www.unapologeticartist.wordpress.com, and I take commissions. So, yeah. Yeah, all the art on Ignorance with Bliss is Emily's, and you should steal it. Because, well, not steal it, but you should look at it and be like, damn, that's awesome. Look at it. Yeah, yeah no, not steal it. <laughs> and then, so I've got two more Patreon patrons. So we have one new convert, which is Carrie. Thank you, Carrie. And then we have a devotee, which is Landshark. Oh, that name has my wig. <laughs> yeah. So thank you for helping support this lifestyle I've grown accustomed to of ramen. And I appreciate you. Everybody has a story, and not all of those stories are clear black and white issues, even when we think they are. We wonder, how did this happen? Or what is that like? Or what happens next? Are you sure you really want to know? This is Ignorance Was Bliss at IWB Podcast. Lisa Lucas from Best Forevers, a podcast for kindred spirits. I'd like to start a movement where we spend more time loving on our friends because although friends are important to us, they're often in the shadow of other relationships. So if you want to love on your friendships a little bit more, embrace friendship a little bit more, or just appreciate your friendships a little bit more, then this podcast is for you. We'll explore all the different ways friendships take place, share the amazing stories of friendship, and discuss best practices for the difficulties that friends may experience. It's time to embrace friendships because without our friends, who would we be? So check out Best Forevers on iTunes, Stitcher, and all the other podcasting listening venues. And be sure to follow Best Forevers Pod on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. of domesticity we're available on all podcatchers remember to rate review subscribe to help spread the word or just force other people to listen to it our facebook and twitter are at domestic podcasts and our instagram is at the cult of domesticity we also have podcast merch at threadless uh as well if you want to support us financially or show some appreciation we have a paypal tip jar and a patreon which has some pretty great perks any topic suggestions feel free to email us at domesticpodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com remember to stay domestic and cult free